Hello and welcome to episode 6 of our podcast. We know things have been painful and tumultuous in the world right now. We've produced this episode weeks before and hope it can provide some respite from everything going on. And lastly, we hope you're taking care of yourself. Today, we're going to be talking about beauty standards and femininity. These topics are close to our heart, and we can be passionate about this, but without being angry or critical, we want to have an honest and productive discussion with each other. We're talking about this from the perspective of two cis women who've experienced life in this way, but we're also aware of other genders and the immense amount of pressure they face. So we definitely wanted to acknowledge all of that before we started. But that being said, introductions are boring. So Naina, let's start straight away. I think you have some stories to share with us. Yes, story time. But before I do stop my stories, I want to begin by saying that I have a lot of respect for all the teachers who have been in my life. Truly, I respect them immensely. But I have not always respected their treatment of me. I have three instances out of many that I'd like to share. I actually started talking about this and sharing um, these these incidents for the first time in college. And I was really shocked by how many people didn't relate, how many students were just wondering if what kind of school I came from that I faced these treatments. But what I did realize is that those that did relate invariably went to high school in South Asia. So without further ado, a little bit of background, I will not name any schools, but I did. I went to a school that, that they had they had a uniform. And I respected that and I followed the rules, but I remember how much shit I would get from my teachers. For example, we weren't allowed to wear makeup to school, so I wouldn't, obviously. One of my teachers one day insisted that my lips couldn't naturally be that pink. And in front of the class, she asked me to take a napkin and rub my lips to prove that I wasn't wearing lipstick. And when I proved it to her, she didn't believe me. And she asked me to show her my lip balm and swatch it on my wrist to prove that it wasn't tinted. This is after I had already rubbed my lips in front of the whole class and shown her the white napkin and it was still white. And then even after I showed her that it was an ordinary chapstick and I swatched it on my wrist to show her that it was just Vaseline, she didn't believe me. And I will never forget the humiliation and anger that I felt just standing up in front of the whole class um, and having to prove this. And I asked her why she was doing this. And her reason was that boys would get distracted by me if I wore lipstick. Boys would get distracted if I had painted nails. They would definitely get distracted if I wore gym shorts which I often did wear since I was on the basketball team and and loved playing and running around, to the extent that teachers would actually call me out if my hair dye was any other color than black or brown because, oh my God, like neon hair dye is so distracting to boys. And truly, like, I'm saying this with respect. If I'm breaking the rules of the uniform, I understand. And that's a different reason to pull me up. But if you're telling me that I can't do this because it's distracting boys, I think that's absolutely disgusting. Because in this instant, it's not the boys that are sexualizing me. No, it's it's you. It's these teachers who, who are saying this to me. So the second story is that I used to be really involved in theater. And it being muggy deli weather and a uniform being a pale yellow, sometimes, you know, I would sweat and my uniform would reveal my pink bra or something. And one day I was on stage uh, 
during practice, it was a sound and light rehearsal. And the spotlight was shining right on me. And the teacher stopped the performance and she commented. And she said, um, oh, Naina, you shouldn't wear such brightly colored undergarments. You know, it's absolutely embarrassing. And, you know, it, it's, it's so distracting to the other boys. Here I was expecting feedback on my performance, but instead I got feedback on my bra color choice. I wear a bra, big deal. That incident just, you know, it, it stuck with me because I felt so reduced to my appearance in that moment rather than my talent. Of course, I could go on about other instances about, for example, my curly hair and how a teacher back in seventh grade called me in front of the class and told the other kids that children, this is how your hair is not supposed to look. And she used to threaten to cut my hair with scissors if I didn't come to school with my hair oiled and plaited. I remember she was so aggressive with me um, to the point that I actually left that school and, and my parents were well aware that she was targeting me. But I do still remember uh, that teacher and her grip on my ponytail. And I, and I remember how much during that time I used to wish every single day, every single day, that I had straight silky hair like, like the ads showed and like the other girls had. And I used to beg my mom to allow me to buy a straightener or get treatment like many of my teachers suggested. Treatment being um, me going to the salon and having them treat my hair with chemicals that would rebond and permanently straighten my hair. And a fun fact, I actually did end up going to a salon and as soon as they had the white liquid and those chemicals, I just stopped and chickened out and realized that that's not something I wanted to do. Lastly, I would just, another story is just in eighth grade, I had joined a new school after leaving that, that other school. And um, at my parent-teacher meeting, one of my teachers told my parents that she was very worried. She was very worried about my reputation because she'd seen boys putting their arms around me, which reflected very badly on me reflected negatively on me, my reputation. It was my fault. So to just sum all of this up, I think these stories, rather than, uh, again, I'm not angry or uh, feeling hateful towards any of my teachers, it's more to introduce the themes of this podcast, which is the ideas of women being defined by the way they look, women being sexualized, women being judged by how they present themselves, the amount of blame that is placed on women, Women being defined by their existence relative to men. So let's get started. <laughs> when you talk about this, sometimes I can't believe it. But then I remember, oh wait, we went to the same school and that happened to me too. And I think this is something Nina and I weirdly and sadly bonded over and got this conversation about beauty standards started, especially in India. So Nina, if you could talk to us about beauty standards and expectations in India, I think that would be really enlightening. There is this ideal definition of beauty in India, which anyone can see as soon as you switch on your TV. There will always be commercials for hair oils or shampoos, where after using them, um, these girls, they get perfect hair, which is always perfectly sleek, straight, and long. And girls will actually convince you, it's so funny, they'll convince you that their hair is dark brown and not black, because having black hair, it's too Indian. Um, that's why it's so popular to get your hair dyed like light brown or like a more of like blonder colors and wear 
like green and blue eye contacts and just look as non-Indian as possible. Uh, which brings me to my next point of skin lightening. Girls will use fair and lovely to lighten their skin. And if not fair and lovely, my grandmother herself, she was she always used to tell me, oh, Nana, you play outside so much. Your skin has become so dark. You should, you know, you should take one lemon, mix it with this much turmeric and milk and every day put this paste on your, on your skin. Lemon is a skin bleacher. She used to tell me to put lemon on my face every day because it was too dark. Bollywood dancers, you know, if you look at any Bollywood dance, they will take pride in having white girls in the background because that is beauty in India. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> if you look solely at Indian soap operas and Indian TV shows, I was honestly amazed by how there would be the stereotypical woman who's very young and, and, and fair and pretty and, and she would be in the kitchen and her husband would go to work at some IT company and he'd come back and then he'd be abusive to her, he'd either hit her, her mother-in-law would hate her and there'd constantly be this trope of the woman who hates the mother-in-law and the mother-in-law hates her and, and issues of dowry and her worth and, and all these all these issues that and it's not the plot of these stories that's important. It's more how many people used to watch these kinds of shows. People are glued to the, the like these shows are really, really important in India. It's so popular and everyone watches them. And imagine watching a show where you see this woman whose pain is 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 normal you know it's normal for her uh, to get hit physically it's normal to, for her to feel sad and cry in the kitchen alone and so you grow up with this idea that it's normal if your uh, mom is being treated badly then it's fine i saw it on tv it's normal i think that's such an important point to talk about and that brings us to like the general idea of how women are portrayed in media and i think if you watch any film women have always held this role usually of being the love interest or the sidekick and you know as things progressed i think in the beginning of the 21st century women became these manic pixie dream girls um basically as a way to depict these carefree, wild, vivacious, spontaneous girls, which released women from a more traditionally subdued portrayal. However, these were just characters that were there to complete the male character's arc. You know, they're the emotional support or the spirit needed to finish his arc and his arc only. Now, I feel we're going in another way where we're trying to progress even more and and cinema and the movies they like to show these badass totally empowered women who can do a backflip in heels and have perfect hair all the time even when they're doing those backflips and walking through fire with and then and then after all that as if that wasn't enough they always have the perfect comeback they look ridiculously hot all the time and they can also kick your ass. But why? Why is that becoming our definition of empowerment? Because honestly, to me, when I watch these movies, I just think about how my hair could never look that good, even if I was doing a backflip, which I can't. Um, can you think of a single woman who is actually like that? I mean, why don't real women exist in the media? We convince ourselves that this masculine, feminine ideal, this badass, spy, woman, bond girl is, is the face of women's empowerment. But I don't know, I just feel they're playing up to these really unrealistic standards. These, their characters, usually not very complex. They're just cool and have cool background music and cool hair. They just make you feel exhilarated and also make you feel bad about your hair. 
Of course, I'm not here to bash this notion completely. It's undoubtedly a great step forward. I would prefer to watch like a woman who is doing a backflip in heels and going through fire rather than a woman who is just at the stove making rotis. But what we'd like to see within the media, I think, it influences our subconscious and conscious thinking more than we'd like to admit. And if we have such simple, boring characters that are so oddly unrelatable yet supposedly empowering upon all our screens, I I don't think that we're going to progress as we should. I totally agree with you. And I think like that's why I thank Nina so much for recommending the show Fleabag to me. I really recommend it to anybody. It's a very small commitment. It's just like 12 episodes of like 25 minutes each and I think one of the main reasons I immediately connected with it was because the women were so complex and real you know they were funny and intelligent emotional but not hysterical messy but not insane feminine but not submissive and they had these real issues in depth which I could understand and it's so great to see see the show being so well received and do so well and being loved by many people um so yeah definitely recommend that to anybody listening and I think we can transition to like another part of this podcast, which Nina and I have talked about. And that's called the I'm not like other girls trend. And, you know, so much has already been said about this, which I think it's wonderful. It's an indication that we're all slowly becoming aware of it and working towards it. But undoubtedly, and I think I've experienced this in my life, too. So many girls are made to feel as if it's not cool to be girly and it somehow makes you stupid. Like it's not cool to like pink. It's not cool to listen to certain music or watch romantic movies or love fashion because that makes you dumb. Or if you care about your makeup, that makes you superficial. And I feel like that's a really just like toxic and awful trend which exists within our society. But I don't know, Nina, can you relate to that in any way? Oh my god, yes, totally. And I'm embarrassed to say, but I will say it out loud. I was definitely one of those girls who was like, oh my god, I really hate Taylor Swift. And all my friends are guys because I don't really get along with girls. And even if that was true, I think the way that I said it, like I, di- I didn't like Taylor Swift, but why did I have to make this a big deal and make it like such a cool thing where I was like, oh yeah, like I hate Taylor Swift. You like Taylor Swift? Ugh, you know? Yeah, not liking Taylor Swift was code for take me seriously. And there's another layer to this actually within the workplace. Um, it might not be the conscious intention of any co- worker to feel this way but I think there's indeed an automatic and almost uncontrolled reality that they will judge you immediately by the way you look especially if you're a woman obviously and then there are automatic assumptions about you such as oh she cares about fashion and looks like that she must be kind of dumb and not that good at her work or, oh, she's quiet, which I really am, for example, then she must be helpless or a pushover. And at times, I think women have to fight to prove that they're smart. They have to fight to break these stereotypes, which is that if a woman is attractive, she must be less intelligent. But Nina here is one of the most beautiful women and I know, and I know she could take anyone in a debate and she would win. And that's the thing. It's this idea that if a woman cares about her shoes, there's no way she's a good engineer. Pretty feminine women can't be mechanics, or an electrical engineer with nice nails can't exist. And so this creates the idea that it's cool and convenient to reject your femininity, that you'll appear smarter, more serious, have more depth. But obviously that's a really sad thing that all of us have to reject 
this part of us which might exist. And I've definitely felt this pressure in my life that to be acceptable, to be taken seriously, to seem as if I'm hardworking, I have to reject things which are considered frivolous or girly. But okay, I'm just here to say for the record, my favorite color is pink. And Before Sunrise is one of my favorite movies. And I think it's incredibly deep and romantic. And I love to think about fashion. I think it's an incredible outlet for creativity. But also, when I first saw an injection molding factory, I thought it was one of the most exceptional things I have ever seen. And I love vector calculus and reading about existential philosophy. Okay, this is not about me, and that's not the point. It's just, there's so many juxtapositions which exist in my personality and in the personality of every woman that I know. And it's just unfair that people can't really accept that and make these automatic stereotypes and assumptions. So... Yeah, that's just what I wanted to say about, like, um, women in the workplace and stereotyping. Sarah, can I just echo that everything you said, I had to, like, bite my tongue from screaming, hell yeah, because, I, you know, we can go on about this topic. Like, what I'm saying right now is not even in the script, but I just wanted to say it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that so many people even if they don't mean to like they will judge you you know i've sometimes i've felt like even in my own family where i've had to kind of like not look as good and kind of like look bad on purpose so i can be taken seriously so that people won't just be like oh beta like how what new dresses did you buy or like what shopping did you do and instead listen to me when i'm trying to tell them that i want to work in I don't know a tech company or something in the future do you have any leads and they'll be like oh tech company just forget all that you know so off the script completely very personal side note but will there ever be a way I'm wondering out loud to this universe where we will not be judged just by the way we look that women and femme presenting people will not be judged by their appearance and will just be taken seriously not at face value that is all <laughs> i love that thank you so much for that you really made everything better by like i completely agree with you and i guess like now this is the time where i guess we should like wrap up and talk about our conclusions but i know i've mentioned this before um but you know it is a wonderful speech and david foster wallace has said many great things, but in his speech, This is Water, he spoke about the idea of worshipping things such as intelligence, beauty, power, whatever that is. And in the context of beauty, I will say, when you worship it, you will always be a slave to it. Nothing will ever be enough. There will always be the next thing we hate and want to fix about ourselves, you know, And I can relate to this, like we think that when we become skinny or pretty, our problems will come to an end, but it never works that way. We think that if the world loves us, then we will love ourselves, but really, it does not work like that. Today, we may like our eyebrows, because it's trendy to have thick, full eyebrows, but tomorrow, when the trend goes away and wispy eyebrows are in, well, we still need to be able to love ourselves. Sometimes it feels like we're progressing. Truly, when I look at all these amazing brands who've come up with new foundations and and lingerie brands that are completely changing the mold of the woman. But, you know, yeah, different body types are being embraced and that's cool. But sometimes I wonder in a very 
meta cynical way is this just a trend is accepting just a trend will we go back to our old definitions once this trend has run its course and again yeah maybe maybe sarah we are being super cynical but the point is the point of it all is that your beauty should not depend on a trend the way that you look and present yourself it should be absolutely up to you there's nothing wrong in wanting to look and feel beautiful but it's essential to find the line between caring about it and worshiping it to the degree of it defining you again easier said than done 100% but basically what what i'm trying to say is that the world may sadly judge you by the way you look and that's out of your control you know but that doesn't mean that you have to your reaction is in your control that's such a beautiful way to put it i love that you ended on that and i guess that's just what i want to say like an empowered woman or person is exactly what they want to be and that is the only definition you need to strive towards it's cool to be feminine it's cool not to be it's an entire spectrum and it's your choice where you lie upon that but that's the important thing it's your choice and should be your choice alone. And of course, all of this is really easier said than done. I know it's something I still grapple with every day and I'm trying to get better at. But yeah, I think that's a reminder that we all need. And of course, it'll be a while before the world will not stop stereotyping women, but till then, we can all do our bit to make every day better. We can support each other and not fall into jealous, competitive mindsets, but push each other forward, enjoy ourselves in the moment, and be whatever the hell we want to be. I mean, I know that's a cheesy note to end on, but it's just the wholesome reminder which I need and I think we all could use from time to time. So on that note, we love you all and we hope you're staying empowered, strong, and positive. Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. Good night, New York.